0: Fomi was spying on Trump. The reason he was writing the memos was to create a record so that he could destroy No American knowingly colluded with the Russians to interfere in our election campaigns. Oh, wait. Unless you mean Hillary Clinton. Pardons, prosecutions, and transparency. You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hey, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update on social media, or at least some of social media, thanks to the big tech censorship and purging. I'll talk about that. Plus, we've had the uh, latest outrageous attack on President Trump with this uh, sham impeachment. I'll get into the details there. Uh, Plus, we have new video tied to a controversial police shooting locally here in DC that a lot of the media wasn't terribly interested in uh, for I think politically correct reasons so I'll get into that and describe what we found there as well Uh, but a lot to talk about Um, we really do face a constitutional crisis here I mean we've got uh, uh, political figures in control of our government uh, that don't care much about the civil liberties of their political opponents in fact they are actively encouraging the suppression and the removal of those civil liberties, and we see that most directly with the impeachment of President Trump. Uh, the left media is celebrating this abuse of power by the House of Representatives, the Nancy Pelosi-controlled House of Representatives. Uh, but uh, the impeachment is uh, just is is beyond abuse. I've never I've never thought we'd see uh, our country so f- fall so far in terms of. It's elected leadership's respect or lack of respect for the rule of law in our constitutional system. Uh, They impeached President Trump for allegedly incitement of insurrection. He didn't incite anything, let alone insurrection. It was an impeachment move in the House where the Democrats control the majority of the House uh, that was done within a week of the the, uh, alleged wrongdoing. They had no hearings. They provided the president no opportunity to present evidence for, on his behalf or even a defense on his behalf. So his God-given rights to defend himself in proceedings such as this were rolled over by uh, the left who were uh, just saw this uh, terrible violence last week as a, an excuse, as an opportunity, a crisis to take advantage of to score political points Uh, against President Trump and any of you who support not only him directly, personally, I mean politically, but who share his views or just views generally on uh, the issues related to the election and other public policy matters. This is about effectively outlawing and criminalizing concerns about the election, because when you look at what is behind this, uh, they're suggesting that uh, voicing legitimate concerns about the election or even illegitimate concerns about the election is the is the equivalent of violence and insurrection and incitement, all of which should be criminalized. That's clear here. It's not about what President Trump said. It's about the movement he represents, the concerns Americans beyond President Trump have about the way the election was conducted. And trying to make it impossible to share those views. They already have allies in big tech, which I'll talk about later. But this was another wild abuse of power. There was no good faith basis to impeach President Trump. The Republicans just treated it as normal, rather than shutting it down, or using the powers available to them under the Constitution, certainly in the Senate. So sure enough, they thought they could do it again. Heck, there's a few more days left. Maybe they'll impeach him a third time. I mean, impeachment's supposed to be a serious process. Now it's the equivalent of a resolution you know, celebrating, uh, you know, fire hydrants or something, the silly stuff that Congress passes. It's just political gainsmanship, And outrageously, uh, or not surprisingly, uh, the corruption and abuse is bipartisan. You had 10 Republicans sign on to this attack on the civil rights of President Trump. Attack on the First Amendment. That's what this impeachment's about. And now the plan is to hold it potentially back until it becomes a politically convenient time to move it over to the Senate for a trial. It was if if it's so urgent, why don't they move immediately? No, but it's not urgent. It's politics, you know. And factually, it is so baseless. This is such a big lie, Uh, and it's frustrating. I expect. The president's political opponents in Congress to say he incited things like this. I mean, they, you know, they lie about their political opponents. Politicians do that. The left specializes it too often. But then you hear, see, the media report as fact he incited anything. It just uh, shows you the media is almost is completely gone off the rails. Yellow journalism in its purest form. These mobs, the mob that attacked the Capitol, according to law enforcement, if we're to believe the law enforcement, they were planning it ahead of time. Nothing to do with the speech. The initial violent breaches of the Capitol occurred before the president's speech was over by people who were in a position not to hear it. So it wasn't incitement even practically speaking in the sense that people who heard the speech went and did X. And of course, when you look at the text of the speech, there's nothing in it that's incitement. As others have pointed out, if there was incitement in speech, they would be playing it time and time again. So I encourage you, if you have concerns about the rule of law and the attack on our constitutional system and the attack on the, again, I said this is not about Trump, it's about you. This is about you. They don't want you to speak any more than they want President Trump to speak. They don't want President Trump around uh, uh, organizing, exercising his First Amendment rights. Providing leadership for the opposition of President Biden, if he's out of office, they don't want him to do that. They don't want him to run again. And there are more than a few Republicans who share those views. And the fact is they're willing to break, break the Constitution. I don't know how else to describe it. In order to take away his civil rights and make yours a harder to exercise. My guess is if you're watching me and you're a conservative, you're fearful of what you can say right now, aren't you? You're thinking, well, can I post this online? Can I even tell my friends or family what I really believe? This is the United States of America, and that should be the last thing in your mind. And well, I'm not talking about advocating criminal activity. Of course, they all know that because they don't, it's all just gone. They're, they're They don't want you to say what you believe about public policy issues. Raising concerns about election integrity, is incitement. That's their view. And by giving this impeachment the time of day in the Senate, they will endorse and ratify that view. And make it harder for Americans of all stripes to exercise their First Amendment rights. And Joe Biden, who talks about peaceful transitions and we have to heal, completely a wall on this, endorsing it through his silence. He didn't stand up against to this lawlessness. I mean, and now there's this constitutional issue of whether the president is going to be, um, can be impeached after he leaves office. Now, if you've watched me before, I've, I've said half jokingly, but more seriously than jokingly, that President Obama can be impeached. Biden could have been impeached. Hillary Clinton could have been impeached, even though they lost, they left office, because prior congresses in the 19th century have done, done that. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and, the, and and the left, you know, and that's an open question whether technically that's possible. Judge, uh, former Judge Luddick uh, uh, wrote an op-ed this week suggesting that it would be unconstitutional. But he did acknowledge Congress has done it before, which, reason, which makes me think it's maybe not unconstitutional. But my point being, it's going to be a constitutional battle. Because if you're a defense lawyer for the president or president, for President Trump, or now, then, former, or soon to be former President Trump, you're going to raise all those defenses you could, you're, you can raise credibly. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, you know he's been winking and nodding and not doing much to get in the way of the impeachment railroad, railroading, I should say. So you got to let your voice be heard. you got to call your senators. You should call your congressmen, too, because I don't think this is the last attempt to punish President Trump uh, for exercising his First Amendment rights that were perfectly appropriate to exercise rather than to try to criminalize speech you don't like. You know, I've been doing this for years at Judicial Watch, and the... Conservatives aren't trying to suppress speech. They simply aren't. They want the rules equally enforced, but we're not trying to suppress speech. I mean, the idea that I would say Nancy Pelosi can't say what she says, even though I may disagree with it or some other liberal politician says things I don't like in terms of policy and they should be banned or even AOC advocating um, uh, Congressman Oscar Oscar Cortez advocating for socialism or communism or some, you know, some other things I don't like. I mean, it just didn't, it wouldn't occur to me, and I'm sure it wouldn't occur to you to say, well, she can't say it. She shouldn't be able to say it. She should be go to jail for saying it. But the left wants to put us in jail for, for speaking our views on matters of public policy, for exercising our core political speech. That's what's impeachment. That's what this impeachment's about. Outlawing the opposition to big government, big socialism, and practically speaking, the Biden administration and the agenda that's being pushed, that will be pushed uh, through um, through Congress. So uh, this is this is a terrible time for our nation. We have leaders that care little for the constitutional civil liberties of its citizens. So we should be very concerned. Uh, we've got. Um, the inauguration of President, uh, President-elect Biden coming up next week uh, in response to the Capitol Hill violence, uh, which by all accounts probably could have been prevented with the appropriate use of uh, security and deployment of forces. Uh, now we have 25,000 troops and police officers here in the United States locking down the Capitol. It's nearly impossible to travel around large swaths of the city. So giving them the benefit of the doubt or the the folks making these decisions that they are concerned about violence and they're just trying to make sure that we have a safe transfer of power. Because I don't want the violence to occur during the inauguration, just like I don't want to see it again. Like we had during President Trump's inauguration, but that, of course, was no big deal for the big media because they, as I said, support his opposition, even if it's violent. I don't support violent opposition. I don't. So I pray that the security works and there's no violence, no injury, no loss of life. And I still hope though, that if you wanna protest, you're able to protest under the law. The mayor of the city wants to shut down all first amendment based protests. I mean, that's not the right response. But they don't, as I keep on saying, the organized left and too many of its politicians in power oppose the First Amendment rights of U.S. citizens. There were tens of thousands of people here last week. I don't know how many of them were involved in violence. But their rule is that if you showed up to exercise your First Amendment rights, you should be investigated. Was that the rule for BLM riots? As I said last week, you know the left opposed the president and the military, which is now intervening in our nation's uh, civil life by making political statements. I'm unbelievable, I don't know if you caught that, but the chiefs of staff of the, uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff were making political statements about civilian law enforcement issues. But when the president tried and considered invoking the insurrection, he had a practical mutiny from the military over, and from the left, obviously opposing it. If he had invoked the insurrection act as he wanted to, we probably could have had better security last week. Because I'm convinced, if they had deployed, and they didn't, they didn't need twenty five thousand people to keep that crowd at bay. But when you have effective force, you can stop rioting. Rioting often results from poor decision-making by political leaders. And the uh, evidence is that there were officials who thought they would not be able to handle the crowds. And if you don't have security, crowds can easily get out of control. And bad guys in that crowd are incentivized to get out of control. And the pushback from the officials appointed by the members of Congress now complaining about incitement was that we don't want that. We don't want that. They made a political decision not to have security. It doesn't justify lawlessness, but we got to expect our public officials take all appropriate steps to defend the rule of law and our nation's capital. (laughs) I mean, I feel terrible for those members of Congress and the staff up there who were in immediate fear for their personal safety. Immediate fear for their personal safety. Why do I feel terrible? Because me and I went through it at the White House. Well, we attended an event as a guest of the president of the United States, that big event where he accepted the nomination. And the White House was surrounded by out of control leftists, and we had to go out into that crowd with virtually no security or police support. So i have great sympathy for it and it shouldn't it shouldn't have happened at the white house nothing was done nothing and it shouldn't have happened at the capitol This is this is this is probably the most obviously public uh and and you know uh, for historic reasons the most significant violence in our nation's capital but as i said they were they took over the senate practically speaking during the kavanaugh hearings the hardcore left they had the white house under the siege last year as i've talked about nothing was done in fact the dc mayor after those riots that nearly overrun the overran the white house and put the president in personal it was they were so serious they had the president in a bunker the DC mayor painted Black Lives Matter on a street near the White House and changed the name of the street and defund the police. So judicial watch, we are doing an investigation into what went on at the Capitol. Now FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act does not apply to Congress which means the Capitol Police are immune from FOIA as well, since the Capitol Police is an agency of Congress. But FOIA does apply to the Justice Department, to the Pentagon, to the Department of Homeland Security, Secret Service, et cetera, the D.C. police. So we're going to be asking for documents to figure out what went on so that it doesn't happen again. I don't want to see 25 in perpetuity here in our nation's capital. I mean, one of the nice things about D.C. prior to this riot, um, it used to be you could get really close to the Capitol and just walk around the building and in and outside without much security interference. That was restricted after 9-11 for obvious reasons. But now will it be, will, it, will the security perimeter get further outside so you can not easily access uh, our, our, our Capitol? I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. But we do need to increase security here in the United States Capitol. I mean, the city, because uh, the way things are currently being run, and it's a, it, it's, and, I'm the, and my guess is there's a lot of fault to go around, is that I'm not confident the city is, is um, able to control uh, mass political violence. I'm not, and if that's the case, then that's how you lose a republic. I mean, there were insurrectionists in that crowd in the Capitol and and you know they almost overran the, the capital and who knows could have happened if but there are insurrectionists targeting the white house and you know, before as well so and the security there i thought was not appropriate still probably isn't in my view so I, I i look at this from a broader perspective we need to have security in our nation's capital that is now uh that can contend with the mob political violence that unfortunately is an increasing feature of American life. Uh, The left ignored it and encouraged it. I'm not going to ignore and encourage it. I didn't ignore it when the left is doing it. I'm not going to ignore it when folks calling themselves rightists are doing it. Those who say they're defending Trump or promoting Trump, that doesn't give you the right to try to kill a police officer and to kill police officers. They were trying to kill those cops. Yeah, I know there might have been a leftist here and there or leftists in the mix there. Yeah, that's probably true. There's probably a mix of leftists who are encouraging and at least there's one who's been arrested as being a provocateur. But as I said, there were tens of thousands of Americans here last week, millions who were supporting the objections to the election, and they don't want you to be able to say that anymore. They don't. And along those lines, there's been this crazed attack on our freedoms by big tech censorship, big tech censors. Most directly, I've been taken off Twitter, locked out because of a tweet I posted. I said something uh, to the effect hydroxychloroquine is a safe drug. I've tweeted that repeatedly in the past. In fact, someone previously in September had complained about that tweet and Twitter told me, we got a complaint about that language and we found it to be in compliance with our rules. Yet on Friday, after shortly after I talked to you about the threat of big tech censorship, they told me not only did I have to delete that same tweet that they had previously approved, that even if I deleted it, I was going to be locked out for seven days. So I appealed it using their process, and I haven't heard from them. They've ignored it. And the clock, the punishment doesn't start until I delete it. So on top of being locked out for seven days once I delete it, I've been locked out now for almost for a week because I appealed it. How complicated is that appeal? So obviously it's not about hydroxychloroquine. It's about the fact that I'm a leading conservative voice. They've been purging followers, and they have like three or four reasons as to why they're doing it or justifying it. We don't know because it's a black box. We're taking their word for it, even though they've been caught lying about their activities before. Judicial Watch's Twitter account has lost uh, nearly 200,000 followers. I've lost, last I counted, about 150,000 followers. So that's over 10% of those who are following me. i think prior to this purge i had 1.37 million followers that's what they don't like they don't like the fact that i got a big voice and they don't like the fact that it's an effective voice same goes for judicial watch. it went from one i think it went from 1.37 to 1.2 or so that's how significant the purge has been youtube uh, and of course the president's been banned you've had uh the, desk, the, the complete erasure of Parler from the Internet. Everyone said, why are you staying on Twitter? Why don't you go to an alternative? I'm not against using alternatives. But as I pointed, to, uh, pointed out to Newsmax a, a week or two ago, I said, well, you go to Parler. Parler. I said it's going to be targeted for removal. Sure enough, it's gone. It's gone. They say they're coming back. We'll see. They don't want you to have speech anywhere. And if you think it's limited to Twitter, if you think it's limited to Parler, you think it's limited to other alternative sites? No, it's not. It's they don't want even they don't want the radio hosts who speak the truth to be able to speak and express their opinions. They want to deplatform Fox. They want to deplatform Newsmax. They want to deplatform our friends at OANN, One American News. No one is safe from censorship anywhere on the internet or anywhere anywhere else and as i said they're lying section 230 doesn't allow you to engage in business fraud say you're doing something for one reason when you're doing it for someone else for something else federal trade commission should investigate this the security exchange commission should investigate this I mean, Twitter's been banned. We have foreign leaders raising concerns about freedom in the United States after the banning of Trump. Trump makes a public statement that he's not attending the inauguration, which is answering a lot of questions that were out there. Twitter says that's incitement. That's Orwellian to say that. YouTube is now engaging in prior restraint. They're punishing Trump because they think he might say something that they don't like. And so forth. So he's banned from using YouTube for seven days. That's prior restraint. Yeah, I know they're not government entities, but in my view, they're they're essentially operating public spaces. What does that mean? In certain jurisdictions, they can't keep you out for political reasons. In D.C., the D.C. Human Rights Law, which is extremely broad doesn't allow anyone to deny you public accommodations based on your political affiliation. That's what's going on right now. You say, well, that's not a public accommodation. Well, that's not necessarily true. Read the definition of public accommodation. Indeed, there have been courts in matters related to the Americans with Disability Act that have ruled that Internet sites are public accommodations, which makes, you know, I'm I'm not a key... some of these anti-discrimination laws are, are uh, like the ADA, I've never been too, too much, too fond of, but it's certainly, you know, but the logic is there, right? I mean, if let's say you're disabled and you can't access basically a key element of our nation's civic life and all these businesses and other communication methods on the internet you know, there has to be a reasonable accommodation because because it, it, it seems to me it's a public accommodation, public utility, but even then they're engaged. Forget about it, but, but be, it's like, let's go back to the initial issue. They're lying about what they're doing. They're pretending it's being done neutrally. It's not, they're engaging in false advertising, business fraud, etc. So I don't know what we're gonna do. I'm gonna let the appeal run. I don't know how long to let it run but i'm off twitter judicial Watch's activities on twitter are constrained too because twitter i'm convinced is going to uh come after judicial watch if they post too much information that um, even indirectly mentions me they're going to do the twitter to judicial watch and me what they did to donald trump now we're currently on facebook I'm on Facebook too. Uh, It's Judicial Watch for Facebook. Uh, Real Tom Fitton uh, on Facebook as well. We're on Instagram at Tom Fitton and Judicial Watch. And we're online at judicialwatch.org. And this is what I suggest you do. If you like what you hear, if you want access to our educational information, if you don't think a government watchdog group is gonna be protected online and be able to communicate with you, then this is what you should do. You should go to our website, and sign up, give us your email address so we can communicate directly with you via email and give us your um, your mail address, your postal mail address so we can communicate with you via the mail. I'm, I am dead serious where it's not on an unreasonable possibility that we won't be able to talk to you anymore if this keeps on going the way it is on the internet and that we may just have to send you material through the mail. So that's, and you may be using Telegram or Signal or whatever. Believe me, all of that can be taken away just as easily as Parler was taken away. If they can remove the president of the United States, they can remove you and any internet application or anything else you think you're using to get around big tech censorship. And give us your phone number, too, so we can text you, too. Maybe we can do that as well. I don't know if we asked for it, but we should. So this is a crisis, and um, I'm hoping the courts get involved. But, you know, maybe, you know, get their, their failures to uh, uh, deal directly with the election controversy suggests to me they, we can't necessarily rely on them uh so you know you should take action to ensure you're able to communicate your public policy views and learn about uh what your government's up to through judicial watch because there's a government watchdog now who with the encouragement of government officials is being targeted for suppression in these united states of america but thankfully we've got a big we got a big footprint We've got the resources because we have millions supporting us to keep on talking, even with the suppression. But others won't. So if you value what you hear, and I encourage you to do this for anyone else, say, get me on a mailing list because I don't trust the internet anymore. So there's a serious danger to uh, you losing access to information about what your government's up to that isn't controlled by the government or big media. So uh, keep on. Yeah, just do be everywhere and do everything you can to ensure you're able to uh, exercise your God given, remember, God given First Amendment rights to engage in peaceable assembly, speech. And the other part of the first amendment is to petition your government. They don't even want you talking to your government. They don't. They want to make you fearful to communicate with your elected leaders. So I think I, you know, I guess I should be angrier than I am, right? But, you know, that's life, I guess, you know. I, I'm surprised I've lasted as long as I've been able to last on some of these platforms. I, you know, I've always kind of thought they were going to come after me. Who knows? Maybe I'll be on Twitter soon. I'm not. Le- I'm not going to leave Twitter voluntarily. I'm not. That would be a victory for the other side, and by the other side, I mean opponents of our republic, <laughs> opponents of our constitution. I don't. I don't think conservatives should leave Twitter. I think we should participate everywhere we can. If you think the truth is on your side, why would you keep it quiet? Why would we keep that candle covered? Uh Uh-uh. Say it as you're able to, everywhere you're able to. That's my view. So I know just briefly, we've got a new Biden administration coming in. We're ready. We're ready. We've got document requests already pending. Lawsuits already pending. We've got FOIAs already out there on the election controversies. We've got lawsuits to clean up the election rolls. I just love Judicial Watch because our work is needed now more than ever. And we're able to actually do it in ways that uh, would perform these core functions of oversight. At a time when the other oversight bodies that we rely on in our nation's civic life are uh, compromised and i mean by the federal agencies and congress and much of the big media so we got a lot of heavy lifting to do and we're ready to do it we've done it during the clinton administration we did it during the bush administration we did it during the obama administration we did it during the trump administration and we're going to do it during the biden administration These Biden corruption stories and and issues are not going away. And of course, they'd rather talk about impeachment because as soon as he's sworn into office, they're going to have to appoint a special counsel to investigate him, Joe Biden. They don't have a choice if the regulations are being followed. And I, I understand that's. I understand there are double standards, but it's going to be almost unavoidable, in my view. So these issues aren't going away, and Judicial Watch isn't going to go away. That's why they they don't want me not talking on the internet because I say things they don't like about COVID or hydroxychloroquine or anything like that. They don't want us on the internet. They don't want us speaking because we tell the truth about what they're up to. Corrupt government officials and corrupt government agencies who don't obey the law and roll over the civil rights of Americans and abuse their trust and abuse their money. That's why they don't want us on the internet. But we're ready to do it. And if you're not supporting our work, I don't know what else I can tell you. You need to do it. You need to do it. Because as I said, we're going to be the only ones who are going to be able to do much to expose and stop corrupt government behavior here in Washington, D.C., so along those lines, we had an interesting case um, on you know, the left when there is police involved shootings. They're always very interested as long as the victim and the perp are part of politically uh, uh, correct groups. But in Maryland, there was a, a, a young man, Duncan Lemp, who was associated with right wing extremist organizations, the police tell us, who was killed in his bedroom. By uh, as a result of a SWAT raid by Montgomery County Police. Now, the family had said that they shot him while he was in his bed. And the police obviously had a different story, but there were no body cams of the SWAT team, or actually, we found out evidently there are no body cams of the SWAT team uh, responsible for his demise. So, what Judicial Watch did, because it seemed like, uh, you know, as I said, certain police shootings they don't have any interest in the big media. Uh, we asked for the for the body cam videos, and we've asked for body cam videos in other police shootings. In in, in Chicago, we had a big fight with the mayor of Chicago, who was who was um, making it impossible to get access to body cam videos of a of a of a, of a I think it was a black teenager who was shot by the police so we exercised our rights and our expertise to ask for and then sue for once we got the stonewall for the body cam videos well we didn't get the body cam videos instead we got a um what looks to be a video whether it's a body cam or not of an after action review or excuse me an after uh, a death scene walkthrough by uh, a, an officer so the shooting happened mr lamp you'll see in the videos and you can go to our website to watch the videos uh, and and the web and we blurred out certain identifying information uh, to protect the the privacy and the faces of those who were in the household who will show up on the video uh, so that blurring was done by us uh, and so what happens is the shooting occurred and then they had a police officer walk through uh, uh, the house to provide some video recordation of the evidence or what, what was there at the time. Now, there was a prosecutor report uh, released last week, or excuse me, the last month that said that video really didn't have any evidentiary value. But I think you'll find it interesting because it raises, uh, it answers some questions about the death because, as I said, the family suggested uh, he was in bed when the shooting occurred. So you hear the officer involved or some of the officers involved uh, detail what happened, but also the location of uh, several guns and other things uh, that were at issue in the warrant that uh, led to the raid that led to the death of Duncan Limp. Now, Mr. Limp, supposedly, according to the prosecutor's report, they did an investigation. The investigation looked relatively straightforward, although there were a few questions I had about it. Is uh, So they are raiding the home through the front door And so uh, I guess they knew enough about, I guess they had been previously there. And so they knew where his bedroom was. So they had two officers outside his bedroom window to monitor his actions when the raid started. And evidently, uh, you know, they broke his window and, you know, said uh, police, or, or I think they said police. And he got up, according to the prosecutor's report, with a gun pointed it at the police officer, the SWAT member, and um, and the SWAT team member dramatically said, I said, don't do it, don't do it, you know, put it down, you know, police, police, you can see the detail in the report, and he pointed it, and he didn't comply with the lawful order according to the report, and so he was shot a few times, and he died. Uh, so, you could see in the video, and I'll show you what the I'll tell you specifically what the video shows because I, we wrote it up in our useful press release. So you don't even need to watch the video if need be. The video shows a gun propped up op, at the head of the bed, at the head on at the head on the bed in the room, in which Mr. Lent's body is lying covered. An officer states off camera. That was the weapon that Lemp had that was underneath him at the door leading into the rest of the main house. It got moved as medical treatment was being done on him. So it was kind of rather curious that they, you know, he he, supposedly he got shot, fell sideways against the door, and they kind of busted through the door because they thought he was blocking it, and they found the gun, and the gun was over there, and they moved it. You know, I don't know why i guess it's not the best practice to move a weapon in circumstances like that but maybe they thought <coughs> it was dangerous where it was and they needed to get it out of the way and the video shows guns throughout the house there was a gun under a couch in that room a gun hanging on the wall and other guns in another room uh in a, in a closet and some of which according to the prosecutor's report were illegal although interestingly one which they thought was illegal based on their intelligence was not illegal, but there are other things he was doing, allegedly, that were illegal. So, uh, long story short, Mr. Lemp's, uh, the police officer, was, um, this is the finding of the report, the actions of the police officer, of the shooting officer on March 12, 2020, were reasonable under the circumstances. The threat caused by Duncan Lemp, retrieving a rifle and pointing it at the officer coupled with Lemp's apparent refusal to obey lawful commands justified the shooting officer's use of deadly force so you know as i said it shouldn't have taken a lawsuit and nine months to get these limited videos of the aftermath of the shooting death of Duncan Lemp the videos raise additional questions uh, for the republic for the public while settling others and uh, again, I, I find it very interesting. There's less controversy about this shooting death than compare and contrast it with the shooting death of Breonna Taylor. Now, Breonna Taylor wasn't shooting, but her, according to reports, her boyfriend was shooting at the police and that resulted in her death. And the qu- general question I have about this is, why didn't they, you know, if he had all these guns in his home, I you know, I, I wonder if they should have just, you know, Pulled him over in another context and taking him to custody. Then it might have been safer, but they did what they did, and uh, this was a a, a major issue. Uh, you have a lot of uh, uh, uh folks who were raising questions about this, and no one seemed interested in it because, as I said, it was the wrong type of shooting from the politically correct left wing narrative uh, covering police shootings. So, the Judicial Watch had to step up and get the basic information. Now, may not satisfy everyone who has questions about it, but, uh, you know, I I highlighted the issues for you here. And as I said, the video is available for you to review. And uh, I've watched the videos. And one thing that occurred to me is that people are going to want to see this. It's interesting to see. It's graphic in the sense there is a body that's covered. So uh, don't watch it if you don't want to see that because it's there and there's no avoiding it. Um, We don't blur that out. Uh, and um, it's not a pleasant video to see, but it's, uh, it's interesting to see. So with that, uh, we will be back next week during the Biden presidency here on the Weekly Update. Have a great week and stay safe and healthy. And I'll see you next time here on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's Weekly Update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.